first game back in the Superdome in nearly two years, and the Saints embarrass, previewing next week against the Washington football team, and MVP-level Kyler Murray. All of that and more on episode 48 of the Going Going Gooner podcast. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to, to the, the Going Going Gooner podcast. For nothing today. The, the plain and simple truth is that we suck. So clearly, Alvin listened to the episode. No, he did. I have no doubt. What makes you think more instability is what this club needs right now? Most likely, we'll make one of the best Netflix documentaries since Firefest. The Going Going Gooner podcast is brought to you by your party station, Z89. Welcome back to the Going Going Gooner podcast, brought to you by your party station, Z89. I am one of your hosts, Kyle. My co-host, Arjun, cannot be with me today. So it is just me for a quick little episode discussing the New Orleans Saints with you all. Make sure again to follow us on social media, on Twitter, at GGGoonerPod. We do all game breakdowns, all Saints discussion, NFL chat, all of that and more. Now, as you heard in the introduction... The Saints had their first game back in the Superdome since, I believe, 2019 against the Minnesota Vikings. And it's safe to say that this was a rough, rough return to New Orleans. Obviously, the team was out of New Orleans for just under a month because of Hurricane Ida hitting the Gulf Coast. And it was not a fun display. Myself and Arjun both predicted strong Saints victories against the New York Giants, the New York football Giants visiting New Orleans, and we thought, oh, it should be a cakewalk, you know. The offense will finally get going this week, and in all honesty, that did not happen. These Saints did not get going on offense. In fact, quite the opposite happened. But not just the offense having problems, the defense had problems. The Saints lost 27-21 to against the Giants, and while that score might sound close, it was all but that. Now, firstly, do have to note, this game did go to overtime, uh, in which case the Giants ended up winning in overtime because of a Saquon Barkley touchdown. Uh, but this game was rough start to finish. Uh, the Giants came on the board first, 7 nothing in the second quarter. Saints responded uh, with a touchdown of their own after both teams missed field goals. Uh, Alter Grossas missing a 58-yarder, 56-yarder, I believe, which was a bit of a tough kick to make anyway, but he pulled it left. Uh, and then uh, before him, obviously, the Giants missed a field goal as well from Grand Gano, someone who does not miss field goals often. And then a touchdown, one play, 52-yard touchdown to John Ross. It was one play directly over the top. John Ross, as the Saints know, was fast. But they game planned for him apparently to be uh, as slow as Gronkowski is. So it didn't really work well. And he absolutely exploded by Paulson and Debo for the touchdown. The Saints then responded with a 13-play, 75-yard drive. Capped off in no beautiful way. Then a Jawan Johnson touchdown pat catch from 15 yards out from famous Jameis himself. The Saints then had a pick to end the half uh, on the uh, Hail Mary last play by Daniel Jones. It was picked off by, I believe, Marcus Williams, uh, who then just fell on the ground afterwards and half over. Saints then come out of the half. They come out into the uh, third quarter and start off with one of the best drives ever seen. 
I mean, we start off with, out of all things, a 58-yard bomb to Marquez Callaway. James Winston finally takes the top off the offense, and he finally does it. And then Callaway gets hurt, which hurt, which really, really salt in the wound. Then Jameis to Chris Hogan for nine yards. And then Taysom Hill with one of the best runs you will ever see from a quarterback from eight yards out. I think broke seven tackles on the way there for a tutty. Saints go up 14-7. Giants go back down the field, get a field goal. Uh, the defense with a strong stop at the end of the drive. They stopped him after a 70-yard drive, which was kind of crazy to see. The Saints get the ball back. What happens next? Taysom Hill, deep bomb to Deontay Harris. All looks fine and dandy, but Taysom, who does Taysom, underthrows the pass by a good 15-20 yards. Deontay has to stop. James Bradbury catches up and picks it off. And that's where the day went from bad to worse. Uh, but the Saints get a touchdown uh, a couple drives later with a Taysom Hill eight-yard run yet again. And then punt, punt, Giants touchdown, Saints punt, Giants field goal, Saints end the half. Giants get the ball to start overtime and do not look back. Saquon Barkley finishes it off for the New York footballing Giants. Now, this game was rough to watch as a Saints fan. I will openly say that. Daniel Jones torched the defense 28 for 40 with two picks, 402 yards. I mean, it was just rough to watch. Um, and the rough part was the defense. The defense got absolutely destroyed, and it was really not fun to see. And let me also state this really quickly. A lot of the fake football fans out there were coming in and saying, oh, Saquon torched your defense. Oh, Saquon destroyed you. Man had 17, had 52 yards on 13 carries, the longest of 17 yards. I don't want to hear he torched our defense. He did squat. He did diddly squat, okay? The torching came from the receiving core. The Giants and Daniel Jones went after Paulson Adebo. He has played really well through three weeks. He has not had a really rough patch yet, but he got torched. He got torched for the John Ross touchdown. Tony got after him. Engram was on him. It was, it was a rough day to pulse in a Debo, but that's going to come with being a rookie and also with being a Debo. It's going to happen. It's going to happen at some point, and it finally happens against the Giants. It was not a good performance to watch, and the entire secondary had an off day. Even Kenny Galladay ended with 116 yards uh, with Lattimore in coverage on him. Like, you can't predict this happening every week. Yes, the defense is one of the most elite in the NFL. Stop worrying. It's fine. It's going to happen. There's no defense that has a perfect season. There are 17 games to be played. At some point, a defense is going to get hurt. And 27 points realistically isn't bad. They had three touchdowns in the first four quarters of play. I mean, I'll take that out of a defense. Adebo, yes, he got torched. Defense did not play nearly as well as they normally do. But take that with a grain of salt. That The defense got torched, but it will happen from time to time. Now, the offense. Oh, do I have a lot to say about the offense. So firstly, it feels, and I might be wrong here, that Sean Payton has training wheels on this offense and Jameis Winston. That Jameis finally starts like airing the ball out today, but as soon as he does it, Sean brings in Taysom. I mean, Sean Payton brought in Taysom Hill, and for a, just under a quarter of play, Jameis didn't throw a pass. He was 17 for 23 with 226 yards passing, a very strong overall rating. Like, don't get me wrong, a 119 rating is pretty good. 
17, 71 QBR, whatever, okay? But every time Jameis would do something even possibly wrong, it felt like the wind was knocked out of him. And that Sean Payton was like, I'm putting the training wheels back on this offense, and we're not going to do anything fun. That's what it felt like. And yes, it doesn't help that uh, Callaway got hurt, but big but here, Kenny Stills played real well. They had a touchdown taken away. Kenny Stills, Jameis Winston, a touchdown taken away by an Adam Troutman block. It was a great play. It was amazing. Kenny Stills' touchdown was awesome. Taken away by a block. Kenny Stills played well. Chris Hogan played really well. Broke a couple tackles. Johnson played well. Montgomery didn't play poorly. Callaway played well until he got hurt. Dante Harris has looked like a dynamite on the football field. So I don't know where Sean Payton thinks his offense is going here. I mean, firstly, the O-line is still getting beaten left, right, and center because of injuries. Throckmorton is not as good as people think he is. Hurst isn't awesome. The offense is getting beaten at the line of scrimmage. So you have to solve that by getting healthy. Now, obviously, McCoy and Armstead will hopefully be back after week six's bye week, but we'll have to wait on them and wait on their condition. But on top of that, this offense is completely centered around Alvin Kamara. And we knew that going into the season that this is going to be the Alvin Kamara-style offense. We knew... It's going to be around him. It's going to be built around him. However well he does is how well this will turn out. But, oh my, it looks rough. I mean, Kamara had nowhere to run. He had 26 carries, 120 yards, which, yes, is really good. But his long was 10 yards. He was basically running grunt work the entire game. Tony Jones Jr. got hurt. So all of a sudden it becomes the Kamara-only show. And then he was just doomed. I mean, he had no help from the O-line. He had no help from Sean Payton's play calling. Saints didn't help him anywhere across the board. That it was he was left out to like hung out to dry uh, as the Saints only scapegoat. People were like, "Oh, Kamara had a poor game." No, he didn't have a poor game. He had no one to help him, and that's what happens when you have training wheels on your offense, Sean Payton. I don't know what you expected to happen, but this is exactly what I saw happening across the board here. Now, again, yes, we've played pretty dang well, but. That was rough. This offense through four weeks has not looked good, even against Green Bay. It was a very average offense that got help because of the fact the defense played so dang well. That If the defense didn't play that well, we wouldn't have beaten the Packers by as much as we did. Now, we have next week is a Washington football team who is 2-2 two and two currently, and it's had a quite strange, I would say, start to the season. I think that's kind of the best way to put the Washington football team. They lost against the Chargers by four in week one, beat the Giants by one week two, lost to Buffalo 43-21 week three, and then lost to the Falcons uh, in Atlanta 34-30 this week. It was a strange, strange kind of stretch here. They're depleted on defense, a lot of injuries across the board. Uh, Brandon Sheriff's got an injury. Uh, Logan Thomas has an injury. It's a very banged-up team. So it's coming. they're coming down. Uh, we're going up, actually, my bad, to FedEx Field to face them at kind of a good time, but it's never a good time because Taylor Heineke, firstly, has played poorly this, so far this season. Rough play, three picks for him. Uh, Antonio Gibson feels like hasn't actually gotten the ball yet. Uh, Terry McLaurin is a scary, scary man at wide receiver, um, but they have injuries across the board, so hopefully we can take advantage of those. Now, we're going to discuss the score in a second for what myself and Arjun uh, are picking for our scores. Before we get to that, though, we do need to discuss week four as a whole across the NFL. Starting Thursday night, Jaguars-Bengals battle of the number one overall picks. The guy who had the last laugh was Joey Burrow himself with Cincinnati. They won 24-21. Burrow played really well. 
James Robinson is that dude in Jacksonville. Uh, there was a lot of controversy after the game, for those who have not seen, with Urban Meyer being out at a bar in Ohio and not having trouble back with the team after the game. And he was caught doing certain things he should not be doing. And we won't discuss that entirely on this show because there's only one way to say this is that Urban Meyer just should not have done what he did. He shouldn't be an NFL coach in the first place, but whatever. Um, then Sunday, Washington, as I said, uh, they beat my bad, the Falcons, 34-30. I am uh, not being smart here. I can't read, folks. Uh, they won 34-30 over Atlanta. The Texans got 40-pieced by the Bills, and they got goose-egged. Shut out 40-0 against Buffalo. Buffalo just, they have gone clear the past couple weeks. Uh, the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields got a win against the Detroit Lions and Jared Goff, 24-14. Dallas beat the Panthers, 36-28. Yet again, Trayvon Diggs with his fifth interception through four weeks. It's crazy. Uh, the Colts won 27-17 over the Dolphins and the Tua List Dolphins, mind you. Uh, the Browns won 14-7 over Minnesota, a real rough game for both sides. Uh, the Jets... Also, alongside the Giants, won in overtime this week. The Jets beat the Titans 27-24. The Chiefs won 42-30 over the Eagles in what was a barn burner of a game. Jalen Hurts threw 387 yards. Uh, Terry Kill had three touchdowns. It was a very tough game to watch, but a very high-scoring one for those who are not fans of the teams at home. Then the Cardinals and Kyler Murray keep their magic alive with a 37-20 victory over a team, even Arjun was dubbing last week, a team to beat. They were like the best team in the NFL, the L.A. Rams. They lost 37-20 against Air Kyler as he's being dubbed. I mean, what else can you say about the kid? He 24 for 32, 268 yards, two touchdowns uh, on the ground. Kyler was six carries, 39 yards, 18-yard run. Chase Edmonds, who I have in fantasy, so shout out him. Had a 120-yard piece uh, rushing game. A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, Max Williams, Rondale Moore, Christian Kirk as a wide receiver and tight end core is just way too strong. I'm sorry. I'll say that right now. Um, but the LA Rams got beaten. Uh, they got beaten up by this Cardinals team. The Cardinals are legit contenders. They are the only 4-0 team remaining after week four. So I'll have to see how long that run can last. Next up, staying out west, the Seahawks beat the Niners 28-21 behind a wild Russell Wilson play. The Ravens beat the Broncos 23-7 with a uh, banged-up Ravens team. The Steelers lost to Green Bay 27-17. Yet again, Ben, Ro- ben Roethlisberger just does not look like himself right now, and that's just hurting this team. The Bucks, Tom Brady went into England and won 19-17 in a strange performance back for him in New England, the first one back since he's been a Buck. Then Monday night, the Chargers beat the Raiders 28-14 behind another Justin Herbert masterclass. Now, the NFL is a weird place right now. There is not a convincing team that is the best in the NFL. The only one that's 4-0 is the Cardinals, as we now know. But there is generally no team that is better than the rest. I mean, Arjun said it last week about the Rams. He said they're better than the rest. And they got torched. I'm saying this week, the Cardinals currently are the best team in the NFL. That ain't saying much, though. They they are 4-0, sure, but I think the Bills could beat them. I think the Saints could beat them for all, like, I know. Like, any team right now could beat anyone else. 
It's going to take to week eight, week nine to figure out kind of the parity in the NFL this season because there is a lot of strangeness everywhere. So we'll have to wait on that. But now we get to the prediction time for the episode to wrap it up. A little short 15, 20 minute episode for you all. As I said, the seeds come into this game as favorites. 57% uh, ESPN predicts them to win over the Washington football team. Washington led by Taylor Heineke, the magic man from the playoffs, and uh, Antonio Gibson, uh, one of the best running backs in the NFL, and Terry McLaurin at the wide receiver slot. And a great defense, but it is banged up. Now, obviously, New Orleans also is banged up. Tony Jones Jr. Uh, got hurt this week uh, during the game, so he is out for week five. But the Saints signed a couple of replacements here or there, and they should be fine and good to go. Will Lutz still on the IR this week, but the Saints released Aldrich Rosas and signed Cody Parkey, the man known for his five-doink performance with the Chicago Bears uh, and playing for the Miami Dolphins at some point as well. He's our new kicker for the week, Parkey. We hope you don't miss, because I would not be happy if you do. So we'll see how the Saints play this week. I... My only hope is that Sean Payton finally, the first time this season, takes the top off and says, Jameis, you do you. You work your magic. You pass the ball everywhere. Get Kamara some good screens. Get some good blocking going. Get a lot going on offense. Because currently, in all honesty, this offense is the least convincing offense in the NFL. I have seen no signs of life in this offense outside of a couple passes here or there, a couple Kamara runs. I just I have seen nothing so far to convince me this team can play really well. And I hope they let Jameis play well. They give Deontay Harris the ball. They give Kamara the ball. They give Callaway a ball. I also hope Troutman finds his footing. Adam Troutman has been the biggest disappointment for this Saints team so far. He has done nothing on offense. And he has dropped passes. He has gotten holdings. It's been horrific to watch. Now, our June's prediction is 27-17 to 17 Saints over the Washington football team. My prediction against Washington is going to be the Saints win 28-24 to 24 over Washington. I'm predicting a close game. I just think Washington's going to hang in there. I think Taylor Heineke's not as good as people think he is, and that's kind of known. I mean, he, Fitzpatrick was going to be the starter until he, you know, got hurt. So we'll have to see on that score, though. Again, follow us on Twitter at GGGoonerPod. I'm sorry for this little bit of a short episode this week, but again, no Arjun, just me, your lovely host, Kyle. Follow us on Twitter at GGGoonerPod. Make sure to find our parents at Z89Radio on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And folks, episode 48, we're going to sign out. We'll see you next week with a whole wrap-up of the Saints game so far, heading into the bye week. But for now, we'll talk to you all later. Peace out.